Hi, I'm Beck Rayner, and this is the Military Wife Life podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, and embraces the spouses behind the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever, whenever, and Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Well, welcome Katie to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. You and your husband have been together for nine years. Can you tell me how you guys met and how you came to be a couple? My friend was dating a Rafi and my husband was their housemate. So I met him every time I went to visit her and it just kind of went from there, I guess. Obviously, when you got into a relationship, you knew that he was in the RAF. So when you first got together with your now husband and he was already in defence, what did that kind of mean for you? Did you take that into consideration? Did you think about what that would mean in regard to being a couple and him being a defence? It, to be honest, never really crossed my mind. I don't believe I'd ever really met anyone in defence or if I had, I knew kind of nothing about the lifestyle other than just what you hear. So I guess at that point it was just exciting because it was a man in uniform and, you know, you never know how serious things are going to get or anything like that. So Yeah, just kind of jumped in with no thought to it, really. And what was his situation with, like, when you met his posting-wise? Like, was he in the area for a while? Did he go away for work? Like, did you get an introduction about what defence life was like at that stage? He went away for maybe a week or something, so there were no big deployments when we first met. At what stage was he at with his posting? Was he due to move somewhere else when you met? So even that I didn't really know about. I didn't think about the fact that they move every few years. I I really didn't know anything at all. Then after we'd been together for, I think about a year and a half, maybe, he called me one day to say, I'm being posted out. Do you want to come with me? So he listed me down as a dependent and I, I was like, yep, let's, let's go. Will they send me back if we break up? And he said, yeah, they will. So I was like, all right, let's do this. I'll, I'll go. And off we went to the other side of the country. <laughs> just just to check, you know, um, will they post me back if, you know, I don't like you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, it was a big move. <laughs> I love that you have that fallback. You're like, hmm, just checking. <laughs> what happens if we don't work <laughs> out? <laughs> so where did you go from living and where did you post to? Uh, so we'd been together for about two years by then. Uh, so we went from Richmond in New South Wales over to Perth. And it was definitely stressful because I just, I didn't know anything about it or what to do. But at the same time, it felt quite easy because, you know, someone came in and packed all our things for us and stuff. Um, I didn't have access to any of the online removal process. So he took care of all that for me and he just told me the dates, things got packed and that was it. Yeah. And so what happened when you got to Perth? Like, did you go straight into finding a job? What were you doing at that stage? Well, it was really confusing because, I mean, that's my first time as an adult living away from Sydney. So I didn't understand where all the areas were. And, you know, in Perth, they've got north of the river and south of the river, but it's always written as NOR and SOR in all job descriptions, which I found really confusing trying to find a job. So I ended up, you know, an hour travelling to get to work which also took a while to find by the time you 
apply and go through all the interviews and they do their process. So what was your general experience of your first posting? Did it, you know, was it a smooth process? Did you enjoy living, you know, on the other side of the country? It's a fairly big move. I loved it. And that's now where we want to settle when we finally finish with Defence Lifestyle. But yeah, I was really glad we made it over there and it's just been so good going around and seeing all places. It's amazing. Did you have any expectations of what Defence Life would be like in those early stages? I guess you said that, you know, you didn't really know what military life would entail, but once you had, I guess, committed to each other and, you know, you're going together on a posting and you're you're living this Defence Life, did you have any expectations of what, you know, the, the next couple of years would be like? Nothing at all. It was really a learning on the job kind of thing. What Everything I know now I've learned on the way and it just amazes me how much I didn't know when I got into it all. So can you tell us whereabouts you're posted at the moment and does your military person go away a lot with their job? Like what does that entail? So we're in Tyndall at the moment, uh, the most remote posting we've ever had. Possibly one of the most remote postings you can get, but he's training here so he's, or hopefully, not going to be sent away while we're here. Actually, now that I've said that, a few weeks after we arrived here, he got sent three and a half hours up to the city for two months in the lead up to Christmas to do the COVID task force work. So that left me settling into this place on my own, trying to meet people and organise everything, get the house set up. But I mean, I think that's it for this posting. And in a remote location as well. So it's not like, you know, you're close by to other areas that you can go to. You're like, you're at that location. Yeah, this is it. But it's got a great community, so that's made a huge difference. So what was your thought process when you heard that you would be going to Tyndall and that it was a very remote location and a a remote posting? Were you excited for it or, you know, were there any extra considerations that you took in? Tyndall was always on our never want to go there list because everyone that talks about it just tells you all the negative things about it. Um, And I'd pictured this tiny town where the supermarket's always out of stock and I just, I cried when I found out I really didn't want to go. And then um, eventually I calmed down and I guess did a bit more research and went crazy shopping because I was under the impression there's like absolutely nothing here. And (laughs) I brought 600 dishwashing tablets just to be sure. And now that we're here, I love it. And it's really not as bad as people make it out to be. What were some of the negative things that people were telling you about Tyndall? You know, the alcohol problem, the... I guess, low socioeconomic situation, I guess, crime rates, things like that. And I have no doubt that they're around and there are all the negative parts here, but I don't feel like they affect us as much as it's made out to be. It doesn't turn the whole posting into a a horrible lifestyle, you know? You just kind of do your part and you do what you can and yeah, there's a lot of positives to outweigh the negatives as well. So how quickly did you realise that it was going to be a positive experience when you got there, aside from, you know, all of those things that people had told you? Had you gone into it thinking, I'll make my own mind up or I need to get on board with, you know, the positive aspects of it to make, you know, it a worthwhile time and a, and a positive experience for the family? I definitely came with an open mind because, I mean, there's no point moving somewhere and being miserable for a few years. And as soon as I met the community here in Tyndall, I thought, okay, like this is going to be okay. As long as you've got good people around, you can make anything work. So what have been some of the positive things that you have found in Tyndall? Like what is your family sort of into and, and how are you making that? A worthwhile time for everyone so we're not big on the outdoors 
which I mean is probably the hardest part of living here because a lot of the great things that are on offer here are outdoors, uh, mainly all the beautiful swimming spots and national parks. But I have a great fear of crocodiles here. So going in the dry season will be a big thing for me, uh, waiting a month after everyone else so I can be sure there's no attacks out there. And in the meantime, I've been taking advantage of what is on offer here at the base. Like they've got a community house with lots of great activities, basically something for everyone. They have craft nights for grown-ups, they have play groups, they have music time. The pool here, you know, that's a great thing that you can take the kids to just about every day. You could just about live in a Tyndall bubble here and be happy, but it's also important to get out into town and Also meet new people and remember that, you know, there's more than just this small little section that we're in. You mentioned it's a huge part of making the experience positive is the community. So do you live on base, like you mentioned, and and how does that work? Have you you lived on base before and what's the comparison to living on base? Nine out of ten defence spouses wish they found out about defence banks sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. So we're on the married patch here and I've never lived on a married patch before and I quite like it. I I like knowing that everyone around us is defence and it's quite a safe feeling being able to walk to friends' places and play dates and things like that. And we're about as close as you can get to being at the pool. So it's really great. All the kids get on their bike and we just ride over to go for a swim and ride back. Yeah, it's a good experience. Yeah, everyone I talk to that's, that lives on a base or married patch has said that it's such a good community feeling. It'd be awesome if there was if there were more opportunities for people to live in or experience living on a base or a, in a married patch just to be able to feel that community feel. Yeah, and it makes a, a big difference when you're trying to connect with everyone who's in the same situation as you. Because uh, when we were in Perth, we were not in a small defence community area and it was definitely hard trying to meet and relate with other people unless I guess you have kids or the same hobbies or anything like that, which is also hard to do when you're trying to settle into a new place and you've got work to go to every day. But we've lived in, I guess, defence estates in other locations where you've got a mix of everyone and that's been really great too. So, yeah, it's just really nice having like-minded people around. And so what is your field of work and how does that go with being in a remote location and finding work or employment? Like, how does that work? I mean, I've done a bit of everything and I've been on maternity leave basically since my eldest was born five and a half years ago. Just doing work from home now and I've started writing which has gone well for me and I've self-published a book. So it's been really great to be able to stay home and still look after the kids and have the flexible lifestyle that if the kids are sick, that's fine. I can stay home with them. It's not going to affect us or anything like that. And yeah, that's just, that's been the best way it's worked for us. So you mentioned that you have been doing a bit of writing and exploring that sort of side of your passions. Um, Could you tell us a bit about your book and how it works with self-publishing and juggling all of that? Uh, yeah, it was a real roller coaster ride. I had no idea what I was doing, very overwhelming. But I just had these little, I guess, rhyming lines in my head that I got down and I was really starting to love the way it was all sounding. So um, I found an editor to go over all my book for me and 
a website that lets you publish through them and have them all shipped out to me once they were printed while also being distributed to a bunch of online websites. And it's just, it's gone amazing. I've had really great support from my blog with people buying it. I've basically almost sold this box and I need to order more in, which is really exciting because I ordered double what my pre-order looked like it was going to be. That's awesome. So does your husband support all that you're doing as well? Like obviously he's off doing his thing, but what does he think about all that you're doing? He's so excited for me. He's He's been there the whole way just cheering me on and Every time I um and ah about something, he's like, just do it, just do it. If it's going to make you happy, do it. And if it doesn't make you happy anymore, just don't do it. How important do you think it is for spouses to have something of their own that they can, you know, have going on in the background when they have the time or that they can work towards aside from obviously, you know, life can sometimes get a little bit consumed by moving here and meeting new people and getting kids into schools and, and dealing with all that comes with defence life. A few years ago, I would have said it's it's not important at all. I was quite happy each night just kind of sitting down and watching Netflix, which I'm still happy doing. But I do find it's made a huge difference having something to focus on as opposed to feeling like you're constantly supporting their thriving career while you're just plodding along, keeping life going as opposed to like encouraging your own life to, you know, flourish and have your own thing. I think it's been a really great thing. So what is the near future likely to hold regarding postings and deployments? Like you guys are there for a little while, obviously, because your husband's training, but what sort of happens after there? Where, where are you expecting to sort of go and will your partner be away a fair bit? How will it work? We're hoping ideally in a few years' time when we, when they release us from Tyndall, that we might get back to Perth, which would be lovely. I guess at the end of the day, we'll go wherever they say. You know, if we can't go to Perth, they hope we end up somewhere we haven't been before just so we can see that part of Australia too. You've mentioned that you've got involved in the community because you it's right there on your doorstep sort of thing and the community, <laughs> community houses there and all the facilities that you can make use of. But in previous postings, did you make use of spouse support and get involved in the defence community? I think our last posting in Victoria was kind of the closest I'd come to getting involved because we lived close to base so I could go to the playgroup there. Um, but previously, I was never involved. We were always probably a 40-minute drive from base. And I mean, that's a long way to go when you've got little kids in the car and you got to pack all the snacks and toys and nap times and all that. So yeah, it's just, it's kind of been a new thing to get involved and it's just been really nice. Can you feel that it's made a difference to your experience being able to connect with people that are also experiencing defence life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's great when you're not having a good time and you've got people that understand and relate and you can laugh about it or cry about it. And yeah, just moving forward with it, trying to keep a positive attitude and let out all the negative stuff and know that they know you're not just overreacting. It can be really overwhelming. It's definitely key is to have other people that get what you're going through and don't sort of tell you that you're making it bigger than what it seems because sometimes yeah. it can feel so overwhelming, especially when you're trying to lock in a house on home find or whatever the case may be. So what have been, some, I guess, some of the things that you've done to help yourself or to take a little bit of the weight off your shoulders? Obviously at the moment, your husband does come home every night. Well, maybe not. He Training doesn't mean that he's home every night, but he's not away and deployed at the moment. But when there have been times when your partner has been away, how have you kind of juggled all that you needed to juggle? No, I pretty much felt like I was drowning last time. He um, went when the twins were 14 months old and my daughter was 
my eldest was three. So I just felt like I was in a big overwhelming wave and yeah, it was a huge struggle, but my mum came up when she could to help, but it's just nothing feels the same as when your partner is home. It's just, it's not the same vibe. It's not the same groove. Yeah. It's really hard. So I have no good advice for that one. I was a mess. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's okay to admit that. It's definitely the first step is, you know, telling people what it was really like. There's no sugar Yeah, for me anyway, the, the biggest problem was how young the kids were at that stage. You know, three kids, three and under, kind of on your own. And I guess the biggest part was the fact that the twins didn't sleep through the night still. They were quite cranky and woke frequently. And yeah, it felt really hard trying to balance everything. And mental health-wise, how do you look after your mental health with all that goes on with defence life and all that you sort of juggle? Um, I like to write how I feel and be really honest because then... You know, when other people hear someone being honest, they're more likely to open up and say, hey, I feel the same. Um, And that automatically makes you feel better because you know that you're not all alone with how you're feeling. Um, And I've recently had access to open arms, which was my first time being involved with that. And it was really great, actually. It's the first time I've ever spoken to someone. And it's a really nice way to let everything out and have someone understand how you're feeling and talk you through it all. It's been really great. A good thing for people to remember with open arms is it doesn't have to be spouse related that you or defense life related that you see open arms for. It can just be general check-ins and those general check-ins make a huge difference because you know that there is someone there kind of looking out for you or that you can check in, check in with and, you know, talk things through with. So you're known for your funny, frank social media posts about defense life, obviously lots of people see those posts and interact with them and and I I guess put their hand up and say you know that's exactly how I'm feeling which is also a way that I kind of feel a bit better about all the ups and downs of defense life why do you think that you're able to write about things in a real way and connect with people in that real way when sometimes there's a sort of subset of people that feel like in the end it's easier not to complain about defense life but I mean it's not not really like you're complaining it's just that you're telling it how it is but makes you feel better when you know that there's other people that connect with that like what is it in you that you're able to to tell people and write like that you're always going to have kind of the people you click with and the people you don't some people like to keep it to themselves I guess maybe they feel a bit more together if not saying out loud. And I mean, I do, I like to complain sometimes because, you know, life isn't all sunshine and and lollipops and stuff. You will have bad moments. And I think one of the best ways to get through it is, well, for me anyway, is to say exactly how I'm feeling and know that I'm not alone because, you know, someone's bound to say, I felt that way and you're not alone and, you know, you will get through it. And I find this helps me, you know, you get a lot of support and advice on how to get through things and it just makes the world a difference when you don't feel alone I mean there's so much power in acknowledging how you're feeling I mean it doesn't change the situation it doesn't just fix things but it somehow allows you to move forward I guess just feeling that sense of connection and community and knowing that you're not alone in it yeah absolutely and I feel like a lot of my community here that's how I've built a little bit a little bit of it and and I like to think I've given Tyndall a little bit of a better name now from my post because, you know, sharing a few of the good bits too. You know, there's not many places you can be and have a kangaroo come up to your back fence. <laughs> because, of course, like, you know, you can hear all the negative things you want and you can try to avoid getting posted there. But if you're posted there, 
there's no avoiding it. So how can you make it the best experience possible? So how can people follow along with your blog and your posts and I guess look at what you're writing and all that you're doing with that side of things? Uh, so I'm on Facebook writing under the name Katie B with a full stop at the end. They can find me on there and my books Ember the Dragon, which you can find by typing in Catherine Bowman Ember the Dragon. It's cheaper to order it through me than the online retailers because of course they put their mark up to cover all their overheads and stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Katie, and telling us all about your spouse experience and moving around the country and having a posting at Tyndall and all the positive things that can be found up in Tyndall. And hopefully people jump on board and go and check out your book and follow along with your real and relatable posts. I just love all you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for having me on the podcast. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 